from WLWT. This is Let's Talk Cincy, presented by Western and Southern Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you. The COVID-19 crisis has left many people with many unanswered questions because of its seemingly indiscriminate attack. But the numbers show a disturbing trend centered around the virus and race. Hello, everyone. I'm Curtis Fuller, and welcome to Let's Talk Cincy. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the impact of COVID-19 on the health of racial and ethnic minority groups, especially the African-American community, is still emerging. But consider the words of Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading expert on infectious diseases. He said, a crisis like the current pandemic can shine a very bright light on some real weaknesses in our society. In this case, it's health disparities. WLWT News 5's Jatera McGee takes a look now at local efforts to address this issue. This is still a threat to everyone. No one is immune. Dr. Roosevelt Walker with a stern warning. Weeks into what could be a years-long fight, early signs African-Americans see higher rates of hospitalization and death from COVID-19. So many people uh, in the African-American community feel like they are not being heard. In a study by the CDC, African-Americans account for 33% of COVID-19 hospitalizations, despite making up 18% of the state's surveyed. In Chicago, city leaders say Blacks make up 72% of its coronavirus deaths, but just 30% of the population. Trust is a huge issue. The president and CEO of the Center for Closing the Health Gap on a list of factors contributing to health disparities, communication, the prevalence of underlying conditions like obesity, hypertension, diabetes and asthma, access to health care and consider this. Working in um, places where, frankly, staying at home and working from home is not an option, right? Uh, so then the economic burden and impact is greater hit. To offer help and hope, a community partnership and COVID-19 community resources website with a team of doctors on standby. As soon as you go to the website, there is a um, link that says ask the doctor. One of the most asked questions, I think I have coronavirus. Should I go to the ER? First, you should call and you should call your primary care physician. If you don't have a primary care physician, which is which highlights another uh, deficit in the healthcare um, uh, system that we have. Then you should start by calling the uh, health department. A report by the Kaiser Family Foundation also looked at the higher risk communities of color are facing because of underlying health, social, and economic factors. And the CDC leaves little doubt that during a public health emergency, these conditions can isolate people from the resources they need to prepare for and respond to these outbreaks. Among the things the CDC recommends community organizations and health professionals can do, implement strategies to address social and economic barriers, prioritize resources that serve minority populations, and provide credible information. Someone asked me, is this a crisis for the black community? Is this a crisis for our whole country, our whole world? I'm part of the Council on Black Health, which is a national organization of black researchers and organizations across the nation who are, that's where I've kind of gotten the initial information that started flowing here a little bit later um, on what's happening with the data that they're beginning to map in New York, in Milwaukee, in Illinois, 
which is showing a disproportionate impact of the incidence and mortality of COVID-19 to black, the black community. In Ohio, about 18% of the confirmed cases are African-American. The state's black population is 12%. Disparate gap has existed for decades and um, as evidenced by data um, collected in 1985 um, in 20, 2016 and a review of that data was done to see if there had been any change in health disparities and there has been no change a little narrowing and so that's pretty alarming it is a crisis and, and an alarming concern for the black community in particular because of density in housing because of lack of access to healthy foods because of lack of access to transportation and some of the other barriers that really create a disproportionate impact to anything that happens in one's life um, and so that's why we're seeing these larger numbers of incidents and death rates for black people across the country, in particular in housing developments. Um, you know, so if you're living within a small radius, you, you don't have a whole lot of wiggle room on that social distancing. Um, and those factors have always have existed for decades. And so they didn't go away because we are now all facing a very, very difficult disease or virus that's affecting all of our lives, um, but having a disproportionate impact to individuals who are already underserved and marginalized in our city and our state and our country. The uh, disparities and um, early challenges with um, getting trusted information and the lack of trust of the medical system um, and really working to help people understand the questions and the rights um, and their own individual agency around their own health um, is what we are continuing to do, but it becomes exacerbated during this time because if you don't have information, if you potentially don't have access to the internet and don't have access to some of the more current information that's coming out via social media, um, you're relying on whatever method of resource that you can get. And for our communities, word of mouth is historically been the largest way in which information is disseminated. And so with greater barriers, um, that means that information may get disseminated correctly or maybe not. Or maybe the information isn't getting to the people that need it most. And um, one of my biggest concerns, and I have concerns overall, and I, you know, I just thank God that he is guiding us through this time. Um, but our seniors who may not have their ability for their family members to come and check on them. Um, those seniors who are not in a senior housing um, development where they may have someone that's you know, constantly checking on them and making sure that they have the resources they need. My, my biggest my concern is that we have seniors who may be living in a home by themselves and, and don't have anyone checking on them. So I do encourage us to exercise social distancing and mask up. And at first I remember a lot of people trying to say that black people couldn't get it. 31 year old Shanae Hamilton, a wife and mother, and now coronavirus patient. This claim is so many lives. Hamilton County Commissioner Victoria Park's family has been hit hard by COVID-19 as well. And that's when it got real for me. My brother was in ICU and it was, uh, we, of course we were afraid. In Detroit, I have family, there's been two deaths and three other family members who have tested positive and they're in the hospital. It is important that we take this seriously because it is serious 
and our lives are on the line. Several local organizations and health agencies have joined forces to get straightforward information out to underserved communities. It's called COVID19CommunityResources.com. It's designed to be a resource for information, but it's also designed to be a place where you can share information. It, we have to do it both ways now because information is coming to us in so many different fashions and we wanted to make it easy for people to share information on where they can get food, information on when they can get toiletries, cleaning supplies, and other needed materials to help us all remain safe at a safe distance as well as masking up. It's COVID19CommunityResources.com. Um, the original, the initial site was launched with the Urban League, uh, Eddie Cohen, uh, NAACP with Joe Mallory and Robert Richardson, African American Chamber of Commerce with Eric Kearney, and um, our new council member, Jan Michelle Lemon Kearney, um, along with the president and organization of black physicians across this community, Cincinnati Medical Association, which is an affiliate of the National Medical Association have initially joined and and we are inviting others to join and be a partner in this effort and public medical is a new partner along with SOACT which is a, a senior organization advocating for the needs of seniors led by Sandra Jones Mitchell um, and again we open and welcome other organizations who are serving the black population in our region to join in and share information and be a part of helping make sure that we together help each other be safe, healthy, and that we can reduce the rates of incidence and mortality that is beginning to show in other parts of the country having a disproportionate impact to the black community in particular, as we see numbers out of New York and Illinois and Milwaukee um, and Detroit. All of our work has always been about individual agency, activating your individual agency, and you can only activate that agency around the information you receive. And so that's why it is more important now more than ever to make sure that there is a trusted place that we can all put information for our populations and for other marginalized populations. Um, Information is key, and that information gives you the ability to be empowered around your own individual agency. And that means, you know, understanding how to maintain a safe distance, understanding that masking up is extremely important, and, and, and the fact that you need to know the symptoms so that you can call your primary care physician or you can call the Cincinnati Health Department or the Hamilton County Health Department or any of your local hospitals. You see Health, Tri-Health, Christ Hospital, Children's Hospital, um, and Mercy Health um, to make sure that if you have a symptom, you know what you should be doing. Well, coming up next, responding to the need for supplies in the urban core, how several businesses and community organizations are stepping up to help fill the gap. From the neighborhoods to the state house, we've seen various efforts aimed at tackling an issue that has been unmasked by this pandemic. The disparities we are seeing surely did not begin with the coronavirus crisis, nor will they end now, but they have been magnified. We've even seen limited supplies of necessary items in some communities from large companies like Procter and Gamble to smaller ones like Brain Brew Whiskey they are coming together now to be a part of the solution. We know that COVID has really shined the light on these, these 
disparities that we have across the boat. When you think about education, healthcare, housing, it's just shining a bright light on that based on race. Um, we know of those who have identified their race, 80% of those have died. Um, of the deaths from coronavirus. Eddie Cohen of the Urban League says Cincinnati's numbers are unfortunately trending in the direction of many other communities around the country. We know that there's a 36% recovery rate for African Americans, so think about that. Almost two-thirds um, will not recover. Um, so we know this is urgent. Um, we think that there needs to be wide-based testing. Even if you don't agree with the moral argument, just the quantitative argument alone of the demographics and the population of this city dictates that we have to do targeted outreach to communities, targeted areas that are densely populated. So now, the rest of the story behind this donation from Doug Hall and his relationship with well-known pediatric doctor and community advocate, Victor Garcia, about the disparities in the inner city. I mean, we usually make whiskey and bourbon and, and actually, you know, some of the best in the world bourbon. We just won a bunch of awards in San Francisco. Um, but uh, I guess about a month ago, we started to say, could we convert it? Could we make it? And thanks to the work of the FDA and the TTB, the government agencies gave a pathway for craft distilleries to be able to get it out. So we've gotten, and we put out about 50,000 bottles worth so far, and then amazingly people came, because you know, we're a little company, and the people of Cincinnati have been unbelievable. Over 500 people have donated to help pay for packaging and materials. Procter & Gamble's now donating hand sanitizer that we're packaging. Steinhauser's donating labels. I mean, it, it's the good of people that I have been just impressed with. When we put out a call for help, people have just responded. I, I've worked with Dr. Garcia of Children's a bunch on issues uh, to help in the inner city. And, and, I, and, and it's, it's critical. It is critical. And the people that don't know it, Get in the car with Vic and you travel around and talk to some of these folks and you'll be shocked. There's incredible needs. And, and I am personally embarrassed because literally two days ago, I woke up in the morning and I was looking over the over 200 organizations, hospitals, nursing homes that we've given to. And I re realized there was nobody in the inner city. So I texted the doctor and he connected me to the folks here at the Urban League. And it happened literally in 24 hours. And they said, we'll get it out. And I didn't have these bottles filled. I put out a call for volunteers. Within a day, we had 10,000 bottles filled. And I am so excited about making this happen here because it's so important. Because, you know, this is where, this is where the people are dying. You know, I, I just heard 80% African-American and it's in the inner city. And it's not because they're African-Americans because they live in a city and they're close to each other. It's the same thing that's happening in Detroit, Louisiana, in, in New Orleans. You get inside the city, they don't have the big rooms that we have in the suburbs in the distance. And so we've got to make an all-out effort here for making this work in the city. And so I'm glad that we can do our small part to help out in this cause. Governor Mike DeWine has even put together a statewide task force to tackle the disparity challenge. It includes Cincinnati Vice Mayor Christopher Smitherman. People, this is really serious. Okay, it is really serious. I have a daughter, CDC trained epidemiologist. This is real and it's not going away anytime soon. And I know we want to have all these things, but this is about people can die. It is incumbent upon us to really look at the data and craft strategies that we haven't thought about before to really beat this virus. We think not only do we need testing, we actually need asymptomatic testing 
uh, when you think about the fact that less than 10%, less than 5% of the total population has been tested for this virus, and we know there's going to be a latent surge, we know what communities that will hit. We've seen this before. Now, in addition to the thousands of bottles of sanitizer, Procter & Gamble donated about 100,000 non-surgical grade masks. Along with the Urban League, the United Way will get those supplies to the folks who need them the most, including homeless shelters, food pantries, child care, and senior centers, as well as first responders. Well, up next on Let's Talk Sensi, we ask the doctors, what's next in the COVID-19 battle as Ohio slowly reopens? This is a snapshot in Cincinnati and Hamilton County at the end of April. Countywide, nearly 1,100 COVID-19 cases, 58 deaths. In the city, 449 cases, 18 deaths. Dr. Grant Musman and Dr. Denise Saker of the Cincinnati Health Department talk about the numbers and beyond. Right now, we can't really tell if we're seeing those same kind of racial disparity numbers that others have seen uh, in other parts of the country, uh, but it's something that we want to track very closely, and we're working to run down those unknowns so that we can get to the bottom of that. Among the deaths, again, we still have incomplete demographic information. The deaths uh, currently are 18, uh, three whites, seven African-Americans, and the rest we don't have the, rate, the race on. So again, very small numbers uh, compared to other cities um, and uh, inconclusive right now. Uh, but we know in the, in the context of what we've measured in the past with other health conditions, including diabetes, hypertension, chronic lung disease, cancer, that disproportionately affect minority communities and people living in poverty. It's not a big jump to understand that those are also risk factors for worsening outcomes with COVID-19. Talk about the transmission, how, how people, uh, how this virus is transmitted. Well, it's two ways primarily that we know of. The first is through the small droplets that come out of our nose and mouth when we talk, when we cough, and when we sneeze. And those droplets go through the air and can be inhaled or come in contact with the face of a close contact. And the other way is for those the virus to be uh, to be on a surface, like a doorknob or a key a keyboard, places like that when that people touch, high touch areas they're called. Uh, you would say the the importance of wearing the mask, the gloves, the social distancing. Uh, people should not lose sight of the significance of that. Yeah. So in Ohio, we've managed to flatten the curve somewhat and decrease the number of cases we expected to see and avoided overwhelming our medical system. And social distancing is, is the big way that we did that. And wearing a mask in public is an important part of that, too. What the mask does is it it doesn't so much prevent you from getting infected as it prevents you from spreading disease. Um, as we move into this uh, era where we're reopening the state now, uh, what would you say to folks as we now reopen? 
Well, I think the governor has put forward a plan for how to safely reopen. And I think all businesses need to consider how they are going to reopen and maintain social distancing in how they operate. Businesses are going to have to uh, come up with a plan for how to do that. I would like to remind people that just because we are uh, opening uh, our society again, it doesn't mean the virus has gone away or that your risk has gone away. Thank you very much. That's uh, Dr. Grant Musman and also Dr. Denise Saker. Thank you for being with us. We'll be right back. In the midst of this pandemic, we have witnessed a lot of folks coming together to support each other. This next story, just one example of how kindness can produce harmony. My world, my world, my world. It's basically messaged around one of these days, our dreams are gonna come true. My hopes, my dreams. So that's what the song is talking about. And a lot of people's dreams have been crushed. Aprina Johnson blends social activism with her music. Her new video, One of These Days, reminds us how we're all responsible for each other. So it's no surprise when she heard about a local church serving food to people in the community, she wanted to get involved. I'm a lover of people. I've always served in the community, and I just decided that the community work needed to be matched with the music. I'd signed my family up to be active during this time. I feel like we should definitely be generous right now and not be totally consumed by fear. The song is really talking about, you know, a proverb that I really love. That's, it's, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is like a tree of life. The feeding project is aimed at giving cereal, fruit, and other items to children in various neighborhoods around the city including right here in Lower Price Hill. It is sponsored by the United Methodist Church. And as you can see, people have been very generous supporting this effort. In fact, in one month, volunteers have handed out over 3,800 meals. Comatose, I feel like I'm sleeping. Aprina says she wrote the song, One of These Days, a long time ago, but thought its message was needed in this time of crisis. I want to empower people throughout Cincinnati to know that your dreams can still be fulfilled. You might have to have new dreams now, but at the end of the day, things can still manifest. And don't give up and don't give in on that. You know, to rise like a phoenix from the ashes means to emerge from a catastrophe, even like this one, stronger, smarter, and more powerful. Well, that does it for this edition of Let's Talk Sensei. Have a nice day.